my respectful homage to the sacred memory of Pooja Swami Dayanand Ji. Pranams to Pooja Sadatmanand Ji and all the other Acharyas. And my greetings to all the distinguished audience present in this uh, program. Pooja Swami Dayanand Ji in his lifetime was the greatest Acharya of Vedanta in the world. We could not find any other Acharya who could come anywhere near Pooja Swamiji in terms of his wisdom and knowledge in such a very deep subject like Vedanta. So today, standing before you, attempting to deliver this first Dayananda Memorial Lecture, I was reminded of uh, one saying, fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Mr. Hari Kiran tried to justify inviting me. But I know that uh, I have tried to bite something more than probably I can chew. You know it is about unity, oneness. And speaking about it is a politician, politics divides. The very fundamental characteristic of politics is to divide. And I have to speak about uniting and oneness. But then I can only find solace in the fact that besides being a politician, me or many like me are not just merely politicians. We have been the followers of uh, Dindyal Upadhyaya to Narendra Modi today. And we have been the disciples of great Acharyas like uh, Pujya Swami Chinmayanandaji, Pujya Swami Dayanandaji to the second chief of RSS, Sri Guruji Goldwalkar. We are uh, committed to the idea of unity. Although we work in an area whose inherent quality or characteristic or temperament is to divide, out of those superficially appearing differences, divides, we are here to create a unified, strong nation. If that is not an enough 
qualification for me to stand in front of you. I can flaunt another qualification. You know, nobody is somebody without a guru. I too have had the great fortune of uh, learning so many things at the, sitting at the lotus feet of uh, gurus like Pooja Swami Chinmayanandaji and subsequently Pooja Swami Dayananda Saraswatiji. So with those basic qualifications, probably I will be talking to you on this very important topic for, a, for some time. Essentially, probably I am placing before you, if I am placing before you any valuable ideas, please take it that these ideas have been collected by, collected by me sitting at the lotus feet of these great Acharyas. There is no need to mention that if you find anything irreverent or not very useful, take it as my own ignorance. Don't attribute it to any Acharya, please. Swami Dayananda Saraswati Ji, or for that matter, Swami Chinmayananda Ji, who was the, one of the inspirational uh, gurus for Dayananda Ji, they were not just saints alone. That doesn't mean being a saint is not important or not significant. All saints are great. You know, it is said that you don't find a child and a guru who cannot be loved. Every child is lovable. You don't come across an ugly child and you don't come across an ugly guru. All Acharyas, all saints are beautiful, reverential, but there will be some like Swami Dayanandaji, who can be called, if I were to use any specific phrase for them, I call them Rashtra Rishis. Rashtra Rishi is a saint whose whole sadhana, whose whole adhyatma is for building the nation, building the generation, building the epic, uh, epoch. They are not just content with teaching some disciples about certain very cultural religious values. For them, building the entire nation becomes the end objective of their sadhana of their meditation. They are Rashtra Rishis. Dandaji was one such a Rashtra Rishi. He dedicated his life to teaching Vedanta. He produced innumerable number of good teachers, good acharyas. But then he also worked very hard in building this Rashtra, this nation. I am using the word nation, not country. Country is a very contemporary idea. 
country is geographical country probably can be part political rashtra nation is socio spiritual socio civilizational socio cultural swami ji had dedicated his life to this mission also besides the mission of teaching his students i remember swami ji telling us how i mean he was when he narrated that he was really thrilled to narrate that uh, one fact that when he went to give lectures in nagpur in mid 60s at the reshimbagh grounds one day he got to know he was giving discourse for one week he one day he got to know that the then chief of rss guruji golwalkar came in the in in a car to listen to his discourses he sat in the car and listened to his discourses somebody would feel thrilled to mention it here is a rashtra rushi enjoying the happiness of having another rashtra rushi coming and listening to him because both had similar ideas similar vision about the future of this country friends children are not afraid of anything a child will just go and catch hold of a snake he doesn't know that snake is dangerous but if you try to tell him it is dangerous he will be more keen to catch it because he is curious he wants to know what is the danger all about and saints are fearless and we have seen saints like swami chinmayananda swami vivekananda the rashtra rishis who were fearless in their vision for them the larger good of the nation mattered nothing else what all swami ji did in his lifetime was amazing taking on challenges of semitic religions so openly going all the way to united nations to tell them that first learn to respect plurality diversity it needed courage only a saint who had that vision that conviction but together with vision and conviction what is called courage of conviction could only have done it and you see such courage of conviction in our prime minister today i am bringing in our prime minister anadul prime minister not for any political reason there is an there is an important reason for my invoking the name of our prime minister because i was witness to a history in which swami dayanand ji was a very important part when it was to be decided that 
the bjp should project an able leader as prime minister of this country looking at the kind of challenges this country was facing not just political challenges politics come and go governments come and go but the challenges were much larger it was a question of nation's self identity which was at stake what will happen to this dharma what will happen to this dharma prana samaj in fact swami dhananji used to repeatedly say you see you say that uh, we will do we will protect dharma but swami ji used to say what do you mean by protect dharma protecting dharmi is protecting dharma after all you have to protect this uh, this society this this uh, community which represents or which is the inheritor of that dharma that was at stake and there was lot of discussion about who should be who would be able to do that for this country and for this dharma and i remember swami dayanand ji going from leader to leader to convince that only one person can do that that is mr narendra modi not that he was campaigning for any political leader or a political party he had he was a drashta he had that vision and today he is no more there so there is no need or no purpose uh, that would be sarubai me flattery so please take it it is a fact that he had that vision that only somebody with this kind of a quality who is courageous who is who has got conviction and who has got courage of conviction can only lead this country at this juncture and prime minister narendra modi has had equally strong reverence for pujya swami ji and today look at the prime minister just now there was a reference to the speech of his at houston yesterday it was an hour long speech when we speak for 10 minutes we invoke our own name or organization's name several times it is important to tell what we are doing but in one hour speech prime minister did not invoke the name of his party even once he only talked about the nation he only talked about the people he only talked about the future of our country as though he is the leader of not of any political party but he is the leader of 137 crore indians which he is plato said in his uh, republic that we need philosopher kings philosopher king what plato meant by that was that you need to have rulers who are 
of a higher philosophical plane higher spiritual plane for whom their own mundane interests do not matter what all matters to them is the welfare and well-being of the kingdom of the rajya of the people this is what he meant by philosopher kings somebody who has that kind of heart sensitivity for the nation for the people who is willing to take strong measures in the larger interest of the nation that is what a philosopher king meant all kings cannot be philosophers kings have their own mundane compulsions i remember chanakya also proposed that king should not have any personal choices in fact it so happens that chandragupta maurya was a married man but chanakya insists that chandragupta should marry the daughter of seleucus chandragupta says but i am a married man chanakya says king has no choice kings cannot have their own choices that is what a philosopher king means and fortunately for us in prime minister modi you see a leader for whom nothing personal matters what only matters for him is the well being and progress of this nation that is the reason why i referred to the relationship between pujya swami dayananda ji and the honorable prime minister look at this decision about article 370 i remember innumerable conversations we used to have with swami dayananda ji about what should be done in kashmir today it was removed even our own hardcore supporters even our own party members used to believe that it is something very difficult to go but the reality is a festering wound of 72 years has been amputated in 72 hours because you know people my own party people sometimes ask me so we used to think that it is such a difficult task it's not easy to remove article 370 but it wasn't in such an easy manner if it was so easy why did it take 72 years why could it have been done before why couldn't it have been removed in the uh, previous regimes i used to tell them only one thing look it did not take 72 years it took one modi a visionary who understands what national unity national integrity is all about that is the kind of leadership we have and i would attribute the decision to bring that leadership forward if not fully 
partly to puja swami dayanand ji also that is why i said he was a rashtra rishi he had a vision about this nation he dedicated his whole life to this dharma and this dharmi you know today we have to talk about this whole issue of oneness amidst the duality or diversity that we see mohammed iqbal in his famous song sare jahan se acha which probably many of you would have read or learnt in your school days he raises a very important question in that song yunan mishra roma sab mit gaye jahan pe kuch baat hai ki hasti mitti nahi hamari yunan the ancient rome ancient egypt ancient uh, uh, kingdoms of persia they all have vanished what you see as rome today has nothing to do with ancient rome same is the case with today's iran it has nothing to do with persia those ancient civilizations do not exist today they have disappeared but iqbal says kuch baat hai ki hasti mitti nahi hamari this civilization of ours there is something in it that it doesn't go it doesn't vanish what is that something that something is the innate oneness of this nation this nation is diverse like any other nation innumerable diversities you find in this nation for any naked eye it's only diversity and diversity but still there is one innate strong thread of unity in this country it is that unity which keeps this nation alive surviving so many big onslaughts on it friends had it been any other country or culture which faced the subjugation for 1000 years by foreign religions foreign civilizations no question of its survival but we survived because there is one important institution in this country the institution of guru the guru parampara which is the secret of our eternity probably mohammed iqbal could not understand could not visualize it but we know that we have the living guru tradition the tradition of living gurus doesn't have uh, no other religion in the world has it we have it the living gurus who teach this nation to worship that innate oneness in taoism there is an interesting uh, 
story. Chiang was a carpenter. He makes wonderful woodworks. One day the king saw his woodwork and greatly impressed by it. And he asked him, Ki, where has this skill come from? How could you make such an excellent artifact? Chiang says, you see, when I shut myself off for three days and start looking inwards, I start forgetting that I will get a compliment from you, the prince. When I travel further inwards for five days, I forget that probably I will get an award from some institution from authority. And I will go further seven days inwards, I forget about my own body. Then I actually enter in my mind space, enter the forest. When I see the tree, I already see the artifact in the tree. All that I do is I only trim it. This inward journey, departure from all sorts of moha, all sorts of attractions, the inward unity is first thing that our acharyas teach us to practice. Unity doesn't begin only at the outer world. Begin it from within. Because the diversity that you see outside. There was a reference to Adi Shankara by Sri Harikiran. Adi Shankara said that Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya. After all, whatever is reality is all divine. Or the other way, the divine is the only reality. Everything else is an illusion. Mithya. Is it really? Doesn't it exist? Doesn't diversity exist? What Adi Shankara said was that outward appearing diversity is not a myth, it is a reality. It is there. You cannot wish away that diversity. But in your mind space, do you feel that innate oneness or not? The mythya is in our minds. This has to be overcome. And this has to be overcome without anything in return, without expecting anything in return. As a politician, I feel that Mr. Modi should have at least mentioned that BJP is responsible for my rise, I feel. But no, for Modi, no. You know, revered acharyas are sitting in front of me. People come for moksha. In fact, Swami Dhananji used to say this. 
even this urge for moksha sir i don't want anything i just want moksha i am ready to discard everything but even in the discarding you have a moha that you want moksha that's what samiji used to say there is no moksha outside your life it is here in front of you in this life that your moksha is there no 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 but there is something called parmananda there is a state of parmananda i have to reach there tell me how i can do that can you teach me some meditation by which i can reach there you will tell him okay do for 20 minutes every day you do that pranayam every 5 minutes he will just open the eye and see how far have i gone near that moksha that's why in fact buddha did not accept the philosophy of we hindus or hindu scholars have proposed parmananda as moksha he said no moksha is not parmananda moksha is dukkha rahitya where there is no sorrow that is moksha so buddha's philosophy was dukkha nirodh don't call it moksha call it dukkha nirodh the emancipation so that message that we are here to take this message to the world this is the philosophy for which this country has to live when arnold toynbee said it that every chapter in the human history which had a european beginning has to have an indian ending what did he mean by that that this profound message of oneness where you only strive for the happiness of all others and for that the basis the foundation for that again going back to puja swami ji is our dharma's singular conviction and contribution of the omnipresence of divinity you all know you are swami ji's disciples most of you are here he used to say that uh, you know this semitic religions have this belief that there is god for them he is formless formless but he this also swami ji used to highlight this distinction you say formless but you know he is gender it is he leave it it is their problem not our problem so the claim of the semitic religions used to be that you see we have one god but you hindus have many gods so you are polytheists we are monotheists swami ji used to say you are monotheist understood you have one god but we are not polytheists you have one god we have only god whatever is there is ishvara whatever is there is divinity 
this one message, I tell you, I had a, I, I have got a good friend in America who is a practicing Hindu, he is a Christian, but he became a practicing Hindu, you will nowadays come across so many such people in the world. He one day asked him, what is the motivation for you to become a practicing Hindu? He told me a story that which he heard from his guru. Because there are some students here, I thought, let me lighten the atmosphere. So one day, Pope came to India. Vajpayee invited him, he came. You remember last time he came was when Vajpayee invited him. Before he came to India, our Swami, these days our Swamis are globetrotters. So one of our Swamis went and met him in his place in Rome, in Vatican. When he met him, he found a very interesting looking telephone on his table, Lal Rangwala, red color telephone. Swamiji asked him, sir, what is this telephone? It is looking something different. Pope said, this is my hotline to God. Whenever I had a problem, I will just dial up. God comes on the line and I will take his advice and do whatever is needed for my religion. But Swamiji was so surprised in our country, for you to have that so-called conversation with God, you need to do penance for 10 days, 10 years, 15 years, tapas charya karna and there is no guarantee that God will come, first he will send Rambha and then Orosi, then he will test you, then finally if he comes it is good. But here you just dial up, he will come. So Pope said you are not believing, no? Dial up. So Swamiji dialed up, God really came online. No, for a Swami, suddenly God comes in front of him. What does a Swami want? Do three minutes ka idhar udhar ki baat ho gayi. Prabhuji, how are you? All is well. Lot of lot of snowfall. Parvati ji is okay, healthy. No jalubu and all that. No cold and all that. Two three minutes here and there, there was normal conversation. Swami ji put the phone down, and Pope asked, "Now you believe?" Swami said, "It's unimaginable in my country." So when Swamiji was about to leave, Pope Sab gave the bill. For a three minute conversation, some $3,000. Poor Swami did not realize that it was such a manga affair, costly affair. But since the, he already used the phone, he paid up and came back. So several years have passed. This time when Pope came, he remembered the Swami who came to meet him. And inquired about him, the Swami was sitting somewhere in Rishikesh. So Popsa went to meet him. When Popsa went to meet this Swamiji, he found a Lal Rangwala telephone in Swamiji's kuti also. So he asked Swamiji, Swamiji, you also have it? Swamiji said, yes, yes, Popsa. Ever since, you know, this uh, communications revolution happened when Pramod Mahajan became the telecommunication minister, everybody has a mobile phone. In every meeting, one standard, uh, you know, announcement is, please put your phones on silent mode or switch off. Everybody has a phone in his pocket. I have this hotline. Pope was very happy. Pope left, had actually left Vatican some 10 days back and he had accumulated so many problems. In 10 days, he urgently needed a conversation with God. So he got the line, she asked Swamiji, Swamiji, can I? Swamiji said, all right, go ahead, make a call. 
this man called up god came on the line so many problems so went on talking with god 10 minutes 20 minutes half an hour ek ghanta baat kiya one hour he spoke with god put on the phone swamiji asked swamiji uh, how is the telephone it was all right pope said wonderful it is as if we are talking to each other directly it was so clear line was i never realized that india has progressed so much thank you very much now tell me what is the bill swamiji said sir in india we don't take money from the guests don't worry we will take care of that pope said no 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 how can it be when you just came and called up for 3 minutes i charged you 3000 dollars now i spoke for one hour tell me whatever is the bill behind me is america behind me is england any bill i will give you don't worry after lot of pressure swamiji said all right give me 20 rupees pope thought swamiji is giving a discount swamiji said no i am not giving any discount in india talking to god is a local call One rupee for three minutes, twenty rupees for one hour. Because for us, God is everywhere. This one message of innate oneness, based on the belief that everything is divine, everything is Ishvara, is the profound message that india has to offer to the world there will be diversities in the world we are not against any diversity we are worshipers of pluralism but we are practitioners of the innate oneness of the mankind this is the profound message that this nation has to give to the world but before it gives it out to the world it has to practice it so the nation called bharat is surviving for this one purpose swami vivekananda used to say every nation has a destiny to fulfill a duty to perform mission to accomplish what is that mission what is the destiny this is the destiny or mission of this land carry this message of oneness at all levels not just at the level of god but all levels the way we look at the nature prakriti we see it as a form of divinity when uh, our government undertook a number of uh, infrastructure projects some of them were given to companies from taiwan other countries one uh, taiwanese official one day came to me with a very peculiar experience he said you see we were given this 400 km road to be built we hired the local laborers we needed to cut off some trees on the sides because we needed to expand the road but this labor every day before they start their work would go and do a puja literally a worship to the tree before they cut it he said sir i cannot understand what are they doing they have to cut it where are they worshiping it but how do you explain to him that they are doing it as a prayas chitta they are saying to the tree please forgive me i am committing a sin today 
I will face it. Because I am compelled to do it. This is our approach to environment, prakruti, pariyavaran. That is why Prime Minister has undertaken a major lead in protecting, preserving the environment in the world today. Global climate leadership is today in the hands of India and in the hands of Prime Minister Modi. No better country can be there to lead the globe in this global climate preservation. We believe. Because we attach that spiritual significance that every river reaches the same end. Every river is sacred for us. Remember all these things are not necessarily because of any great training or education. It is the core of India, core, the very essence. I can give you my own experience. You go to a village, a remotest village in Uttar Pradesh. Go to the poorest family in that village, probably living in a hut. Go to the oldest lady in that hut. Obviously she will be an uneducated lady, illiterate. Look at her morning prayer. In the morning when she prays, before the sun god, before Surya Bhagavan, what is that prayer? Sarvepi Sukhinasantu, Ganga Maya ki jai, Gomata ki jai, and the prayer ends with Lok Kalyan Ho. It's not about her family, it's not about her poverty, it's not about her mohalla, her village, it is about Lok Kalyan. Let the whole world be happy. This is real Bharat. This is what is the innate oneness in our culture, in our civilization. We may be different, but what binds us together, this one idea that everything is Ishwara and we have to serve everything animate and inanimate alike. Yes, we worship, uh, uh, you know, from the view point of uh, uh, a Westerner, a, a Christian or a Muslim, we are worshipping, worshipping stones. But Swami Dhananji Chokrali used to say, no, we don't worship stones. We worship the divine in a forum. And he used to jocularly ask, what is it that you worship in a church? If the cross in a church is not an idol, you should be prostrating before every telephone pole. Because every telephone pole is like this. But that is not your cross. Similarly, it is not our stone. It is Ishwara. Because we don't believe that only animate world need to be protected. Animate, inanimate, everything together is Ishwara. 
so that unity is the message of this country which needed to be given to the outside world in fact this friend of mine the christian who became a practicing hindu he one day told me only this sir don't try to teach any big vedanta to our westerners just somehow convince them that everything is sacred that addresses all the conflicts make them believe that everything is sacred so friends we in politics you in social life are our revered acharyas in the spiritual life we all are the worshipers of this one innate oneness that pervades all the existing creation we are not against diversity we are not against diversity in languages we respect tamil as much as we respect hindi in fact our constitution clearly says uh, all the 18 languages in the country enjoy the status of national languages but in tamil or in hindi do not utter something that hurts the feelings sentiments or innate unity of this country we are worshipers of that unity that message we are in politics today no doubt politics inherently demands some certain things from us but take it from me that we are in politics also only for that one great objective for which great swamis like pujya chinmayananda ji pujya dayananda ji many such swamis have dedicated their lives continue to dedicate their lives and that is in this visual visible diversity we need to find an innate emotional unity and oneness and let me conclude by saying that the question asked by mohammad iqbal in that song sare jahan se acha kuch baat hai ki hasti mitdi nahi hamari there is something because of which this this civilization survives that something is this global mission which we in our normal parlance call as krunvanto vishwamaryam let us ennoble the entire world my pranams to all of you